Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Church, we are in the fourth week of our series, God With Us, Call the Midwife. We've been looking over this season at the origin stories of Jesus the Messiah as told by all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, last week, and tonight we've arrived at that weird little brother, John. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. Now he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of humanity, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. And darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Genesis 1. 
in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. John 1. Once upon a time, there was nothing beautiful or useful or good. Then God had an idea, and God spoke the idea, and then there was everything. And everything was very good. And though the world God had spoken began with light, over time the light got squeezed to the edges by a growing emptiness, the formless void, the deep waters of chaos that threaten and choke. They grew and grew and diminished the very goodness of God's world. The powers and principalities swelled and filled all the space between people, pushing them apart and keeping them from knowing each other or even really seeing each other. And God said, this is not good. And so God's idea, the expression of God's imagination, took on a body and came to us and walked with us through the manifestation of everything God bespoke, the living, breathing word of God, the articulation of God, moving through God's compromised world, the one they called Jesus, became for us the light, a brightness shining into the shadowy spaces, illuminating what could be if God were welcome in every human heart, drawing together what had been separated, restoring life in the deathly hallows of his age, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. So said John the gospeler, not the baptizer at the river, but the other one, himself an eyewitness to the beginning and end of the scandalously local and extremely short-lived mission of the living, breathing, walking, calling, healing, feeding, forgiving, parabling, provoking, arrested, executed, resurrected, word of God. So said John the Gospeler, what has happened here lately is neither local nor short-lived. What has happened here lately is everything for everyone forever. And here is how it happened. And it's quite a thing to say, isn't it? That long before there was any birth in any barn in any Bethlehem or any rebirth in the River Jordan, before there was any Bethlehem or any river or any planet to put them on or any star to keep them warm or any galaxy to hold the star, before there was anyone or anything, there was he 
with God. Indeed, God, through whom all things, Bethlehem, Jordan, Earth, Sun, Milky Way, Sister Andromeda, two trillion galaxies give or take in the observable universe, all things, through whom all things happened, through whom all things that are came into being, not one thing that is would be except for him, John said. That is to say, the nativity John calls us to celebrate is the birth of the universe, the sea of stars so vast, so old, so distant that the twinkling we can see has happened so long ago we cannot imagine it. Put that in the feed trough of our Christmas creche, can we? The birth of a universe? the coming to life of the cosmos, the materialization of God's idea of everything with God's word as the capable midwife, carefully coaxing the coalescence of subatomic particles, gently orchestrating the white-hot explosions of atoms colliding and dividing energy into matter, light into stuff, stardust consolidating into worlds, Worlds yielding life, life teeming in puddles and oceans, swimming, then crawling, then walking, then turning toward the night sky punctuated with ancient light. Then inhaling the blessed spirit that still blows through the cosmos, flitting between the stars, surveilling the glittering galaxies, the swirling spirit that surrounds and diffuses and infuses the worlds of God's imagining. And here we are, our very own selves, scandalously local and extremely short-lived, given the vast expanse of space and time that the mind of God has conceived, that the word of God has midwifed into being. And John says, he was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own did not accept him. But to all who received him, all who believed him, he gave power to become children of God, children who were born not of blood, not of flesh, not of human will, but born of God. And now our miniature manger has a new occupant. John's original panorama has little use for the helpless child we venerate. A feed trough could no sooner hold his eternal identity than it could hold the ever-expanding universe. The birth he turns our mind's eye toward is our own, and the birth of all who receive him, all who believe him, all of us together, born of God. We are in the manger now, come into being in the light of all the natal stars in two trillion galaxies, called into being by the God who knows all their names and knows yours too. We are God's children.
born not of blood or flesh or human will, but born of God, midwifed into existence by the word of God made flesh, through whom all things that are came into being, without whom not one thing that is could be. There is surely much we could say then, riffing on the idea of our being born in God, newborns coaxed from the womb of God by Jesus' own self. We could speak of the innocence of infancy, the built-in, no-bullshit way of being that babies have, the purity that is all of ours before we learn to lie and hide and pretend to be other than we are for the sake of fitting in, for the sake of conforming to the broken, brutal norms of this broken, brutal world. Babies do not conform. We could speak of the human child's neediness as poverty, the sure knowledge that without benevolent help, a child cannot survive to adulthood. And thus the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, the ones who know their own helpless estate, the ones whose hands are always open and empty, waiting for good gifts from the good giver. We could speak of the necessity of Christian maturity, the learning of wisdom by hard experience, the restraint of instinct and appetite for the sake of the other, the generosity that grows as we learn to obey something higher than our own hunger, the community that is only possible when each admits to their own vulnerability, but also their own strengths, the useful collaboration that springs from the combining of yours and mine, now collectively ours. We could speak of all the ways we grow into ourselves, the lifelong project of becoming who God has imagined us to be, the trying on of identities until we find the self that fits, the clothing of ourselves with Christ so that we become more and more like him, more and more human, more and more our whole beautiful selves selving, more and more born of God, the older we get. We could speak of birth's twin, the death that belongs to everyone born, the dying that is also a lifelong project, the relinquishment of our whole beautiful selves, so that we rest in peace, unafraid to join the throngs that inhabit the heart of God forever, knowing full well that even stars shine unto their death, that even the word made flesh sojourning among us spoke his last and let go, leapt from here in breathless trust that God does not let go anything God has loved. We could speak of all these things. But tonight, let us speak of only one thing. Let us sound just one note from John's symphony of creation's birth. And let that note be hope.
Let the note be stubbornly, stolidly, hope-filled. That unto us a child is born, the word of God among us, and that word is everything for everyone forever. Let the one note sound in a hard year, the hardest year of our lives, as my daughter wrote in a birthday card to her brother this weekend. Let it sing all the truth about how hard it has been and not the generic suffering of the whole human family, but yours specifically, whatever shape it has taken. I will not guess, but I will pause for you to go there. For John and the community of believers who huddled around him and clamored for another telling of his memories of Jesus, it had been hard and specific. And the signs of anything better on the way were buried under layers and layers of pain inflicted by empire and religion and family, all alike in their hegemony and ruthless insistence on compliance. They longed for rescue. They prayed for redemption. They hung in there and kept the faith and kept on keeping on for longer than they thought they could stand it. Tell us again, they asked the last one remaining who had seen any of it with his own eyes. Tell us again to the elderly apostle whose eyes were dim but whose mind's eye could still see it all. And John said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, all things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing that is came into being. He came to what was his own, and to all who received him, all who believed him, he gave the power to become God's children, born of God, blessed of God, beloved of God, and this, John said, this was only the beginning. Christmas invites us into the beginning every year. And it may be that in many of our lifetimes, we have never needed a fresh start more than we do right now. And so we find ourselves huddled around the aged apostle, begging for a bit of his memory, ready for transport from the specifics of our own suffering to a God's eye view of the glimmering galaxies that have sung God's praise from the moment of their birth, eager to feel ourselves born again, born of God, alive with hope, swaddled in expectation that our hungers will be satisfied and our whole selves will be held close and kept safe and our names will be whispered to the singing stars. Jesus, our midwife, is coming. The time is drawing near. And this 
is only the beginning. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.